And as you all can tell, we're not too traditional around here. And, but I'll tell you what we are. It's like Corey says, this place is full of love and full of belief. And I thought, getting loose, Dick? <laughs> I like that. Twister. <laughs> I thought you were going to floss. Can you floss? <laughs> I was in the hallway. I'll never forget the first time I saw the floss. What are y'all doing? We were standing after lunch and the kids were doing that. I thought, what in the world is that? No. <laughs> Cannot. No. No. No, I've never seen Sandy do it. She's never flossed. She, no, she's flossed. Thank God. But not that kind. She has flossed. <laughs> Hallelujah. You learn, I tell you what, when you teach middle school, you stay humble. <laughs> you, stay, you stay a lot of things when you teach middle school. But anyway, I want to talk to you today on the subject about holding fast. And I'll take you to the scriptures in a few minutes. I want to ask you a question. Has anybody in this room ever felt like something has held fast to them? Something maybe that's been clinging to you, to your life, it seems like forever. Maybe it's something that you even feel like's in your family line. I've heard people say it. They say it a lot in this community. They'll say things like, you know, my, great -grand my, my grandfather, he died of a heart attack. My daddy died of a heart attack. I'm liable to die of a heart attack. It, I cringe to even let that come out of my mouth because stuff like that never comes out. Have you ever felt like there is something clinging to you? It was, it was really neat that Cameron would mention depression because I think depression... And, uh, and, let me, uh, and we need to understand, the Bible does not not address depression. Psychologists do not have your answer to depression. Depression is demonic oppression. And Brother Cameron gave you the answer. You have to learn how to, how to make a trade in the spirit. But it has got to start with the way you think. Have you ever felt like something was holding fast to you and you know what you, you felt? You felt like it's there to destroy me. In the, in, the, in the late night hours. Maybe we've covered it over. Maybe we, we have this religious facade. But yet underneath, underneath, outside there's a smile, but underneath there's sadness. We covered over with a smile. Anybody ever been there? Felt like there was something, something that some force had destined to take you out. Something that's attempting to destroy you. Something that's attempting to destroy your future, your dreams, your destiny, your health, your children, your children's children, your relationships, your finances. In other words, that thing just has the ability to hold fast. You try to shake it and you can't. Not in your own strength. You've tried a lot of different things. A lot of people try to medicate it. 
fact, that's why around here, we're not, we're not hard. We're not hard on people that struggle with drugs. We open our arms to them. Because I, I, I realize this, that I think most all that is an attempt to try to medicate something away. I don't think there are any bad people. None. I think inside the heart of every human being beats the heart of God. Because every single human being was made in God's image. Yes, it gets marred. Yes, it does. And Satan, and you, you know, here, here's the thing. I want you to know and get this. We in the church have got to get this one out of us. That thing that seems to want to hold fast to you is not God. Because I have been in churches, Janelle, that have labeled it as God. They've labeled sicknesses as God. It can sound, we can make it sound very religious tasting. But let's go to the Bible. The Bible says in its reference, uh, the, the physician Luke, in his reference to Jesus, in Acts 10, 38, Caleb, he said this, that he was a man. He was a man anointed of the Holy Ghost that went about doing good. Listen to this, healing all. Now, if we throw out the word heal, what's that suggest? That suggests there is a sickness, there is some type of oppressive force, there is something going on in that life that needs turning around. Well, the Bible says this, that Jesus was a man. Everybody say, he's a man. He was anointed of the Holy Ghost. That's another thing sometimes we don't, we don't want to talk about him. But you're not going to have deliverance without him. You're not. Said he was a man anointed of the Holy Ghost that went about doing good. Now what was the good he did? He delivered all, everybody say all, all. that were oppressed of the devil. Just go read the Bible. I don't care, whatever religious affiliation or persuasion or background, the Bible's the Bible. See, I wish we'd just get back to that. Let the Bible be the Bible and let it speak for itself. I like preachers that just let the Bible speak for itself. Amen? A couple weeks ago, Caleb got up on a Sunday night. He basically just read. He fed us like a chef. And basically, he just read passages out of Ephesians. And I sat there mesmerized by the Word of God. He didn't even try to add that much to it. But the Holy Ghost gets on the Word. I'm going to tell you, there is nothing the Word of God cannot do. And there's no life the Word of God can't change. But we have got to get back to the Word of God. And the Word of God says this, that every oppressive force, none of it's from God. It's not for the glory of God. The only thing for the glory of God is when you get delivered from it. And you get set free from it. Now in the process, it's not a matter of glory. It's a matter of endure. It's a matter of love. If you're here and you're oppressed today, we're not here to beat you up. We're here to offer you hope. We're not here to tear you down. We're here to lift you up with the word of God. But I'm here to tell you, you are not meant. That oppression is not your destination. It is not. You cannot find that in the word of God. It is not your destination. He died to establish your destination. And your destination is the glory of God. Your destination is to be healed. Your destination, your destination is to have your feet set on solid rock. Your destination is to change your family line. Not be consumed 
with the curse of your family line. Now I'm going to tell you something else. We've thrown that out a lot in the church. And I'm going to say this. The Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning. And he said, it's not so much the curse of the family line. It's the culture of the family. It's the culture. It's the culture that gets established in our families. See, it's time to change it. Amen? I made some statements. My wife made some that we were changing the, anything. We were going to correct. We were going to change the culture in our family line. So you got to have somebody's got to step up and say, I'm going to change the culture in my... But see, you can't do that if all, you're do, all you do is tie yourself to fleshly lines and fleshly lineages. See, the Bible says, we read this last week, that we don't know any man anymore after the flesh. But we're known as Jesus knows us. Come on, somebody. See, if we were just known after the flesh, then we'd be susceptible to all that stuff in our past. But no, the Bible says you're born again. Have I got anybody in this room that's born again? Well, here's the thing. The Bible says you've been born by an incorruptible seed, and that seed is the Word of God. And it changes everything. Hallelujah. I'm not living my life on the devil's terms. You can forget that. I'm going to live my life in the pages of that book. Somebody say amen. amen. See, you've got to have an attitude. See, I'm tired of Christians. We don't need to have an atti attitude, but we need to have an attitude. We have, you know what we do? We need to stop our attitude toward people, and we need to get an attitude about life. Come on now. We need to stop our attitudes about people, and we need to have an attitude about living. And I'm going to live life on, on the terms, on the word of God. Somebody say amen. See, we need a new culture. Seeming curses get locked into family lines because of a culture that is allowed to set up. I'm preaching now while I'm teaching. Now, listen to this. I want to share something with you. The thing that you sense going on in your life, maybe you've seen it in your family past. Now get this, maybe you've seen it in generations past, maybe it's just something brand new, maybe it's something, but get this, I want you to, it is not there because of some kind of heinous crime that you thought might have been. It's not there. That might have happened. There might have been a lot of bad stuff go on. My uncle did the research on the Bonnie line. We got, I got thieves, bank robbers, murderers in our line. Pirate, we got pirates. But everything changed when the word of God got in my heart Hallelujah. over my family. Hallelujah. See, I learned early on, I learned to speak the word of God over my children. See, here's the thing. We get good as parents. Uh-oh, Lord, that ain't in the sermon. We're good as parents. We'll start wanting to speak the word of God at them. But we need to speak the word of God over them. See, you tried to speak the word of God at them and it didn't work. Because it got into condemnation. You need to quit speaking the word of God at them. And you need to speak the word of God over them. 
You need to speak the word of God over your grandchildren. Because when you begin to speak the word of God over them, it, then, then those words get filled with hope, and they get filled with righteousness, and they get filled with healing, and they get filled with prosperity, and they get filled with goodness and grace and mercy. It's not a heinous crime in the past and set it all in motion. Get, get this. It was a word. Something that was said. What are you talking about? John 1 1, if you can throw it up on the screen for me. John 1 1 said, Get this, get this, get this in your heart. In the beginning was the word. Now, would you stop right there? We can preach Jesus. I understand that. And I know it's referring to Jesus. But there is, a, I, I want to talk to you on another level for a second. Every beginning starts with a word. You thought it was something great, 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 grandpappy did or something this one did or something. That's a, but let me tell you something. And I'm not denying that it might could have been. But even before that, something started with a word that was spoken into somebody's heart. Everything begins with a word. That's why you need to be careful the words you say. That's why you need to guard your lips. That's why you need to line your speaking with the word of God, Brother Darren. That's why the word of God needs to fill your heart. That's why he told Joshua, he said, if you'll put my word in your heart, everywhere you step, I'll give you. Everywhere you step, Joshua chapter 1 will be yours. If you'll meditate on my word and speak my word everywhere you go, let me tell you something, if it was good for Joshua, it's good for Jimmy. And it's good for, it's good for Harold. It's good for this one. It's good for that one. It's good for every child of God. That if, you'll, if you'll speak, see, here's the thing. The life you want, you need to speak. And you will begin to walk out onto your words. Even when you think you're about to sink, the word of God will lift you up. Somebody say amen. Now listen, everything begins with a word. Everything in your life has begun with a word. Here's what a lot of people do. They feel a little symptom come on, and then they start, I'm catching a cold. Why are you catching it? I'm letting that thing pass right on by. See, you don't want to be you. I think I'm getting this. Well, this thing is, no, it's going right on by me. Because the last time I checked that book, it says I am healed. I was healed. Not I'm going to be healed. Oh, I'm waiting for the next great evangelist to come to town to bring me. Or maybe Rick can wave his hand over me. No, that's fine and dandy. But I'm going to tell you this. The Word of God says when Jesus bore his back to the cat of nine tails, my healing was complete. And it has to be, every healing has to begin with a word. See, you think it's got to begin with, well, Janelle, here's what a lot of people think, Janelle. When I feel better, it begins. No. No, you'll never feel better. It begins. Everything begins with a word. A lot of people in this room, you could tell stories. I've heard them. I've heard the testimonies of how lives in this room got off path. Could you trace it back? To a word? Could you trace it back to somebody that spoke something over you? Maybe it was a teacher. A lot of times it's a parent. But it's somebody of influence that spoke a word over you. And that word did not line up with what the word says. 
and it would begin a path. It would begin a direction. Everything begins with a word. Now I want to build on this. Throw up on the screen for me just a second. Throw up on the screen. Uh, the, the Bible says in John 1, 1 that in the beginning was the word. Now get this. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven three. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven three. it says this. Let me just turn there. Can we get it up? Brandon's really good about that. By faith, we understand that the world, now get this, that the worlds were what? Somebody help me. The worlds were what? By what? Your world, your living was framed by words. Whether you want to admit, see, and then a lot of people, we cop this victim mentality, Rick. We blame everybody. We've got that blame game going on. We do it really good in this town. We cannot accept any wrong in urban. We always blame people. We blame situations. We even blame, I, I grew up in sports around urban. Darren, I grew up, we, you know, we played over at Powell County and the referees screwed us over. <laughs> it's always been that. We always blame somebody. I'll tell you one thing. I coached for a lot of years and won a lot of ball games. I didn't blame referees. You know what I told my players? They're imperfect like we are. Our, our destiny lies in our hands. Nobody else's. Come on, somebody. That's a winner's mentality. We need a winner's mentality in the church. But it's got to start with a change of a culture. I ain't making any excuses. Your life is what you and God will be willing to make it. And everything can change in an instant. It'll change on a word. The mess you got in, got in on a word. But your life can change on a word. The word of God. See, the words frame lives. What is a frame? It is a boundary, Gina. Words create boundaries. For Well, I'll never amount boundary. Well, I can't do that, Jim. Boundary. Come on, somebody. You know that, that, that thing? Boundary. Boundary. How about somebody that'll take the limits off? How about we get some people that will enlarge their borders? Come on, somebody. It'll take the word. That's what God told Joshua. I'm, I'm setting you up, son, to enlarge your borders. I'm getting you ready to take everything I told your, your great-great-great-grandpappy Abraham would be yours. It's going to be yours. But you're going to have to take my word. You're going to have to get it in your heart. And everywhere you step will be yours. Because you know why? Here's why. The word of God's coming out of the mouth. And he's stepping in that direction. So the word of God. Think about this. Jesus told Peter, Jesus, Peter looked at Jesus and said, I want to walk on the water. What did Jesus say? At your own risk. He didn't say that, did he? I want to walk on the water. I want to lead a revival to set every captive free in urban. Set the addicts free. Set those that are bound. Set the alcoholics free. Set those bound by depression and oppression free. Set families free. You know what? You know if you say that to Jesus, you know what he's going to say to you? Janelle, come on. I'm going to, to raise up a network of Holy Ghost filled operations. That woman, I preach she did it. She's doing it. God's doing it through her. You know, you're going to like this. I talked to a lady I highly respect in this whole business. And you know what she said about you? She said she's doing it entirely on God. She said she's doing it. I highly respect this. 
That's, I'm talking about Laverne. <laughs> and she said, that woman doing it entirely on God. God, give us some people that will live life entirely on God. I'll tell you what, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. I'll, I'll take the risks. It starts with the word. Jesus said, Peter, what did he say? He said, well, Peter, you better examine this. No, he just said, come. He spoke a word. And you know what Peter did? Peter walked out of the boat onto that word, come. Because the word has the power to lift you up right out of the water. The problem started when he looked to the right, he looked to the left, he looked up, he looked forward, he saw the storm. And then he, they, everything began to change because he took his eyes off Jesus. But even more than that, he took his eye off the Word. Come on, because Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was everything starts with a Word. Everything can be changed with the right Word. The Bible says the power of life, of death and life in the power of the tongue. What comes out of the tongue, you all? Words. Go to Proverbs 23.7. Real quick, I'll show you two passages in Proverbs. Am I preaching all right? This will change your life. Proverbs 23.7 says this. 23.7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, or some versions say as a man, thinks in his heart so is he in other words your thinking dominates your life see that really that, that lays all that victim mentality aside where you blame to everybody and everything for all your screw-ups the bible's telling you your life has emanated from your thinking i'm just reading the bible no it's not stop there Let's go to, Pro turn back and go to Proverbs 4. My mama raised me on Proverbs. Joanne Bonnie raised her son on these Proverbs. The joke was we'd say, Mom, not Proverbs again. <laughs> Be at night around the bed, then we'd kneel down, Rick, with Mom. We was talking about that yesterday. We was talking about the, 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 our family. Rick, what, me, we were talking about grandpas and grandmas and mothers. Listen, listen to this. Keep your, as a man thinketh where in his heart. Now get this, that word heart in the Bible refers to the middle. It's not talking about the blood pump. It's talking about your center of thinking. Because you don't think with your blood pump, do you? The Bible, as a man thinks in his heart, it's referring to your mind. Now get this. Uh, 4.23. Keep your heart. Everybody say keep your heart. So Everybody say keep your mind. That's what it's talking about. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues. Now, what's everybody got to talk about? Let's talk about our issues. Right? What are support groups there for? All your support groups are there to deal with issues. But here's the problem, Jan. We think we can talk those issues away, and we cannot. Lisa, come on. We cannot talk the issues away. We can begin to speak to the issue and watch it come down. What we think, here's what we do. We, and I'm not saying that, that talking to a godly person is a, it's not. But it cannot fix the problem. 
the Word of God has got to be placed on that issue. The Word of God has got, listen to this, a word has got to get in your heart to replace the word that was there creating the issue. Every issue going on in your life was based because of some word that got in there. See, a word that Jesus said this, he taught it all like this. He said, word seed, and seed produces a harvest. And seed gets in your heart, Wilma, and then there is an issue that comes forth from words that's been said, word that maybe you've even forgot about but yet you're dealing with issues in your life that came because of seed that was sown in your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Let me say it this way. Guard the garden of your heart because whatever seed gets Guard the garden of your heart because whatever seed gets sown there will produce a crop. See, you know what? What are you talking about? But see, if you'll go with what I'm saying right now, this is the ultimate message of hope. Because now you are not limited anymore to your past, see. You are not going to have to be tied any longer to what grandpappy said over you or what somebody down the street said or some teacher that told you never amount to nothing. You're not bound to that anymore because you know that if I just change the seed that's getting sown, I can change the issues that come. That's good preaching. but you have to get committed to this. My life is in my court. Satan ain't got the ball and took it and ran to hell with it. No, the ball's in my court. I can make a decision to make my life into what I want to make it into with God's help. Come on, somebody. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but it has to begin with a word. Now, I want to show you something. I got a couple more scriptures and we I got to get to go to Hebrews. Is this all right? Anybody get anything out of this? I hope so. I hope so. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Now I want to get into something. I've said all that to say what I'm going to say now. Let us hold fast. Everybody say hold fast. The confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast. Everybody say hold fast. Now, Rick, I was doing some research this morning. I thought I was going to go study out the Greek words about hold fast, but, the, but Google, Holy Ghost got in Google and took me somewhere else. And all of a sudden I went to tattoos for some reason. I was preaching to this church, you know. I don't know how I got there. Get this. Hold fast it, there are some very common sailor tattoos. Y'all thought you'd never hear this on Sunday morning. There are very common sailor tattoos. One of the most common sailor tattoos, now get this, you all. Uh-oh. See, this is to fighters. This is not to people who lay down and let life kick them all over. God Almighty, and let life kick them to pieces. And let the devil wear. No, I'm not preaching to people laying down and going to be a victim. I'm preaching to fighters, Holy Ghost fighters in this room that said, I will live my life when God intended me to live it. Come on, somebody. 
the tattoos, Rick, this will look good on you. <laughs> I'm kidding. They went right across here. Now get, guess, here's what it said. It said, don't you with Hold fast. Got tattooed right across here. So when the sailors would hold their hands up to each other, brother, it would read, hold fast. What are you talking about? Well, it's talking about the sailors. Listen, here's what that meant. Everybody say, hold fast. Hold fast. See, I thought I was going to get into the Greek with you, but I'm, now I'm talking about tattoos. <laughs> I found a greater analogy about this sailor's tattoo than I would have in the Greek. Because here's the story. As the sailor, as they would be going through the, through, the, through the stormy seas, this phrase, hold fast, was important to the deckhands. It was important to those. That, see, can you imagine? Now get in the picture of this, the boat going back and forth. The boat, and, and you've got deckhands up there. The waves are washing up over the sides. The waves, the boat's rocking. Has anybody been there in their life? Has anybody been there with the waves throwing your boat back and forth? The water's coming over you. Have you ever been there? The deckhands had to get this. The deckhands had to learn to hold on to the line. And they tattooed across the, so they'd have it in a grip, in a, in a life, not a death grip, but a life grip. I ain't done with this yet. And as the thing was going back and forth, the water, I'm preaching good here, Debbie, I'm getting you something to preach on. Too. The thing going back, the deckhands got a hold of the line. Hold fast. It keeps him steady, Corey. Keeps him. Now get this. Get this. Now, everybody say hold fast. Now, I want to explain to you what the other word means. The Bible says this. Look at it again now. Everybody say hold fast. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession. Now I'm going to Greek you. Now I'm going to Greek you. I love to Greek y'all. Now I'm going to Greek you a little bit. Hold fast the confession. Everybody say confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful now get a hold of this the word confession in the he in the greek is the word homo logeo everybody say it with me homo no it's not logeo homo means same logeo means word what are you talking about Confession, homo logeo. See, the sailor learns to hold on to the line. No, what's a phrase? It's a, don't give me no, help me, Georgia satellites. Don't give me no lines. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Keep your hands to yourself. Hey, I'll tell you what. For my young girls in here, there's a lot of theology to that right there. Y'all need to learn that line. Give me no lines and tell them boys, keep your hands to yourself. That's exactly right. Come on. Come on, mamas. I got a mama in here this morning. Say, yeah. Said to you, put a ring on my finger. Come on. 
I'm preaching. Mama, my mom would say, honey, you've gone from preaching to meddling now. That's what Mama Joanne would say there. Now, listen. Hold fast the line, the phrase out of the word of God. See, I got some lines I hold on to out of God's word. See, when sickness comes attacks my body, I start talking about them stripes. I hold on to the line from Isaiah that says, by his stripes I'm healed. Come on, somebody. I'm a sailor on a waving ship, but by gosh, I've learned to hold on to the line. When the enemy starts messing with your, with your family, then you begin to say this, that when you raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, they will not depart from it. Come on, somebody. Say, we've got to have some parents that don't waver and fall apart when the enemy comes in. But you've got to hold on to the line. This is good, isn't it? You've got to speak the word of God. Not the words your natural eyes want to speak. Come on now. Hold fast your confession. When the boat gets the shakiest, grab on to the line. Come on, somebody. When the boat begins to shake and rattle back and learn to hold on to the lines of God's word. Come on, somebody. It's a lifeline, Rick. Well, I don't know much of the Word of God. We'll try this one. Jesus, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everything's screaming at you. Your body can't be healed. But you tell him, here's the line I hold on to. You told the leper when he said, if it be your will, would you heal me? And you said, it's my will. It's my, hold on to the line. When your life, when everything's falling apart in your finances, when everything's falling, here's, let me give you a line to hold on to. I'm made to be the head. Come on, somebody. Not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Hold on to the line. When you're coming, the devil's coming after your children. Hold on to the line. Hold fast. But you see, if you've thrown up your hands to the devil, nobody can see the hold fast. You ain't holding on to nothing. But see, the only thing the devil's going to see out of me, hold fast. Now take one step closer devil and I'm going to give you a black eye like you've never had since Jesus gave you one. Come on somebody! Have I got any Christians in this place? Have I got any overcomers in this room? Yeah. Woo! Listen to this. Revelation 12.10 says this, and they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb, by the word Come on in, guys. Worship team, get up, go on up the stage if you can. Come on in. Now, you guys are going to do a good job. Sit down and be real quiet. You too, Nick. It's kind of dangerous talking to somebody taller than you like that. And younger. Better look, a lot better looking. I'm going to let them get there. You speak the same. You hold on to the same words of the Bible. 
You will get what the word says if you let the word come out of your mouth. I got one more. Can I show you one more scripture? Come on. So that word means that word confession. Now you're going to know. It's homo. Everybody say it with me. Homo. Logeo. It means to say the same thing the Bible says. Let me tell you all, there is nothing any of y'all are going through that's out of the scope of the Word of God. It's there. Every problem you're facing is there. You know what? They've got about 14,000 different types of fears, Rick, and they call them phobias. But the Bible just says fear. And the Bible says this, that perfect love casteth out all fear. Somebody say amen. Would you learn to hold up? Well, Jimmy, I got this phobia, and I got that phobia, and they tell me I got this. Oh, shut up. Shut that stuff up. I'm tired of labels. We're labeling this country into a, into a pit, Rick. We've got so many labels on us. I'm not receiving any label on my life that is not on the Word of God. I received none of them. Don't you try to lay them on me. I refuse to take them. Jimmy, I think you're ADD. Well, you can go and think that if you want to. I just call it hyper. I'm hyper for Jesus. But you can take that ADD stuff and... My wife lives with me. She'll tell you I live like this. Now, one more scripture. Let's go to Hebrews 3.1. Look at this. Hebrews 3.1 says this. Look at this. Hebrews 3.1. says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession. Our what? Confession. Everybody say the high priest. Everybody say this. The high priest of my homologeo. What's that mean? Okay. Okay. Is Jesus on this cross anymore? Where is he? He's at the right hand. He's where? He's in? He's at the right hand of God. The Bible also tells us this. He's our great high priest. What does a high priest do? He is an intercessor between you and God. Come on, somebody. Now get this, the Bible says there, Caleb, he is the high priest of your homo logeo. What's that mean? It simply means this. When all you're doing is talking that you're sick, diseased, broke, busted, disgusted, never going to amount to nothing, life's never going to change, you, oh, you ain't going to like this, I got to preach you the word, you render Jesus' high priestly ministry ineffective in your life. Uh-oh, uh-oh, well, this, this Christianity stuff has been working out for me like it works out. No, no, honey, you ain't a victim after all. You're just one step away from being a victor when you begin to understand this. See, Jesus needs your words in heaven to work with. He is the high priest up there of your homologeo. So when you, when you speak the word of God, you put something in his hands to intercede between you and God the Father for God. Did anybody get that? When you speak the word of God, Rick Pruitt, you give your Savior something in heaven to intercede with you over because he is the high priest of your homologeo. Boy, Corey, you and Josh back. Corey had this, she could drag these sermons out of me. It's like old days, isn't it, Corey? They're back. It's back. What are you speaking? 
I'm tired of my life. Okay. Change what you're saying. Give him something to work with in the heavenly realm. Speak what the word says about your future marriage. Speak what the word says about spark. Speak what the word says about Friday night ministry. Speak what the word says about your future. Speak what the word says about your marriages. Speak what the word says about your children, about your health. Woo! And you give Jesus something to lift up to the Father in the heavenly realms. Everybody stand up on your feet this morning. Anybody get this? Anybody in this room, Lord, get something from this this morning?